Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, this 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Monday, May 21st, 2018. And today, we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 61, and we will be reading the first full paragraph that begins, What Usually Happens. And today's readers are Maggie A., The Twelve Steps, Brandy M., The Twelve Traditions. Our text readers are Ginger C., Kathy Joe P., Kathleen O. in the Wings, and our newcomer greeter today is Melanie C. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, May 20th, the special edition is 11,437. 11437. And the share ID for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting is 11,439. 11439. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Maggie A. if she'll read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Good morning. This is Maggie, recovered in Western New York. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Maggie A. And I will now ask Brandy M. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please. Thank you, Monica. Can I be heard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain, for, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Brand M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 61, the first full paragraph that begins, What Usually Happens. And we will be reading and talking about that one paragraph this morning. And I will ask Ginger C. If she will read for us, please. Great. Thanks so much for your service, Monica. Good morning. I'm Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So what usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well, and he begins to think that life does not treat him right. 
he decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, and self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? And this is a power-packed paragraph. We are getting into juicy stuff. Um, So, yeah, you know, I love this. You know, um, is he not a basic, what is his basic trouble? Is he really not a self-seeker? You know, how can I get what I need? And um, I'm a people pleaser, but really at the end, it's all about me and trying to please me. And and then I think this lie, you know, this delusion, is he not a victim of the delusion, which is a lie, that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well. If I do right, if I work hard, everything will go according to my plans and I'll be okay. You know, there's just no surrender in any of this. And it's always selfish, self-centered me at the end of it because I want to know that I'm going to be okay. And that's the gift with this book. I know I'm okay today because I have infinite God. And with God, anything's possible. And God meets all my needs as long as I stay close and perform his work well. But again, this mind that everything centers in my mind wants to convince me to go everywhere but God. Ginger, you need this. You need that. You know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Let's do some more effect seeking. Let's go outside the circle. Are you leaning in and pressing in to the one and only source? Are you leaning out again? And of course, I am just all about confusion. I don't even know what I need or want, and I want you to—I want you to fix it. I want—I'm leaning out, looking for you to make my life okay, and yet I don't even know what I want. So total confusion, stepping on toes everywhere, and we wonder why life is going the way it's going. I got to let go of the reins. I got to get in the passenger seat again. I'm trying to take control. Self-reliance fails me always. God is everything. Let God steer today and then watch where your life can go. But that's the hard problem, this ego that I have to deal with. And thank God it's a daily reprieve with only 12 hours in that day. That can be a tall order for depending on where we're going and how our thinking's working. So, again, thank God for these clear-cut directions. You know, we have a way to do this life today. I just have to keep in it and keep doing it and stay in. Uh, it's, it's the action, this practical program of action. It's always what steps am I taking. So with that, I pass. And uh, thanks again for your service, Monica. Thank you, Ginger C. And with that, I'm going to open up the floor here. And who else would like to share on this paragraph on page Chrissy. 61? Chrissy G. Wendy M. Wendy. Patty T. Say that again. Patty T. Patty T. Like Patricia. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Ashley T. Ashley. Ruth. Anyone else? 
Marilyn T. Marilyn. Okay, this is what I've got. Chrissy G, Wendy M, Caddy T, Ashley, I didn't get your last initial, Ruth M, and Marlene T. Go ahead, Chrissy. Hi, it's Chrissy, Chrissy G, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And um, thank you so much for your service and, and this meeting. This, this reading is, it's just, I can read it every day and I, I can get something different based on really what's going on in my life. It's almost like an inventory, you know, when I read it, because I'm, I can ask myself, you know, am I, Am I doing this right now? Am I being, is there a place in my life where I'm trying to exert myself more and become more demanding and more gracious? And, you know, that, that self-seeking behavior for me, you know, is to feel okay. Yes, like the um, last speaker said, I want to feel okay. And that's, that's always, you know, what is that? What's at the bottom of that trying to feel okay? It's, trying to be in control, you know, because I'm whatever goes on in me and my humanness and my inability to be dependent upon a higher power in that lack of trust or whatever goes on for me, you know, the, the, the opposite of that is to play God, to be God, to, to try, to try to control my environment and, for me, it's about, you know, my particular defects of character or coping mechanisms are about trying to feel safe and trying to get everyone around me to love me and validate me and that, and then I'll be safe. So all of my, my behavior, I'd say so much of my behavior when I'm, when I'm operating unconsciously and I'm not aware and I fall asleep all the time, even in recovery. Um, so much of that behavior is d- focused on getting that validation from other people, self-seeking, needing for them to pay attention to me, to, to focus on me, and to tell me that I'm okay constantly with reassurance. And I'd like to say that that's changed, but I find myself falling into self-pity a lot because I'm doing that behavior. And it's like, sometimes I don't even notice I'm, I'm doing the behavior because I'm just going about my day, being a mom, being a worker among workers, so I think. But really, I wind up feeling so sorry for myself because nobody is acknowledging me. And, 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 and obviously, if I'm looking for acknowledgement, I'm really not just showing up and being an instrument for God. You know, I'm, I'm looking for something else. I'm, I'm so, um, yeah, and and that causes all sorts of confusion in relationships, in work relationships, and family relationships. So, time. You know, I I am not I am not there yet where where I, I I'm aware, but I need God to remove it. So I'm going to keep coming. Thanks. Thank you, Chrissy G. And um, I am timing everyone, and I will tell you time when you have hit three minutes. Wendy M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Caddy T. 
Uh, yes, good morning. It's Wendy. I'm recovered in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm so grateful for the gift of abstinence this morning. Thank you, God. Uh, Monica, thanks for your service and everybody on the line. So pages 60 to 63 um, should be mounted on my wall. I have never read anything in my life that is so precisely accurate in terms of naming my experience. And it's, I mean, it's, it's truly like my fourth step. It's my 10th step. It's a fourth step. It's everything. It's my ninth step. Um, Cause I'm a user and a taker. That's my story. That is my story since I was a little girl. You know, I would befriend people who would help me, you know, with my math homework, um, even if I didn't like them. Um, it didn't matter. I probably didn't like them. I could only see the world as what can I get from you? How can I use you? What can I take from you? You know, and, um, and that's what I thought I had to do. You know, that, that, my tools were blaming and my tools were self-seeking and my tool was people-pleasing. And as, as has been said before, it has nothing to do with, with pleasing you. It's all about pleasing me. This is all about motives. When I look at my motives today, I'm in a good place because it's, I'm looking at my dishonesty. You know, and just specifically, you know, the word here, I love this. He decides to exert himself more. Yeah, if I just push harder, if I just make 10 more phone calls to make you say what I want you to say, because I have to get my way. I don't want to get my way. I have to get my way. It's like the food. I'm, it's like a voracious appetite. I have to get my way. If I don't get my way, I'm, I'm not in, in a good place. So I, I, my solution is I'll just try harder. I'll just exert harder. And if kindness doesn't work and people pleasing, then I'll, I'll do something else. Recently at a meeting, I started crying in front of the committee just to get my way. You know, maybe tears will do it. I don't care. I, I just need it. It's just like the food. I have to get it in me and I have to get my way. Any tactic possible. And then it says, you know, I may be a little bit at fault, just a teensy bit. But you're more to blame. Oh, honey, I binged on blame. I'm a blame machine. I had no idea until I did vision for you that I'm a blame machine. Had no idea. And I have to say something about all of this. That, you know, names my experience perfectly. And to see this today, to read page 61 with all of you, is the most freeing experience possible. Because it names what I do. And when I name it, it's in my consciousness. I get to let it go. I get to name it, see it, and let it go. It's a beautiful thing. And then it says I had to manage well, right? And I write down myself included, especially me. I especially had to manage myself. That is exhausting work. And if I'm blaming you, I'm probably blaming me. And then today, Time. I thank you, and I'll pass. Thanks very much. Thank you, Wendy M. Caddy T, it's your turn, and then it'll be Ashley. Hi, this is Patty T. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, you know, in reading this, I, and first of all, thank you for the shares because I, I totally relate, and I am so grateful today that I can be at this meeting. Um, th you know, this this paragraph right here explains what has happened during my repeated relapses over the last six years. You know, um, my abstinence didn't suit me. Um, okay, I might have been a little at fault, you know, I, I, but 
you know, all this stuff happened in my past that leads me to the food, you know, all these excuses, and then I become angry, indignant, self-pitying, and I want to blame not just other people but God. You know, I, I, I'm telling you, when I'm looking at this paragraph, I see the last six years over and over and over, and not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind. That, and I see people, like I can see people when they're doing that to me, but then I have the delusion that they can't see that in me. It's, it's so, you know, and, and that word delusion for me is so appropriate because I keep thinking that if I just do everything according to the rules, I will be okay. I will be in control. I will... I, I don't need God. I don't need other people. But here's the thing. My experience since I've come back to this meeting over the last two and a half weeks has been that the outreach calls that fellows offered me and that I returned, my willingness to do my prayers in the morning and take 10 minutes of meditation time every day, my willingness to send a fellow my food and then my willingness to eat exactly what I committed, I can't tell you. It is, it's not magic, but it is miraculous, the difference in my, um, my mindset and the, the way I feel not only about myself but about the world. There is hope again. And, and you know, when I get into this place, this is all my disease, you know, and, and why wouldn't people want to retaliate if I'm like that, you know? But, but if I'm being of service to God and fellows and other people, that's why I'm here. And, that, and that's so abundantly clear to me over each day over the last two weeks. I'm so grateful that this meeting is here. And thank you all, Pat. Thank you, Caddy T. Ashley, it's your turn, and please tell us your the initial of your last name, and then it'll be Ruth M. Uh, <clears throat> P. Hi, this is Ashley P. in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so thank you for everybody's shares on the line today. They've meant a lot to me. I really, really love these paragraphs. Um, rest satisfaction if he can manage it well. Um, so to me, that I just think of all the control that uh, I try to exert over um, over my life, over situations, over other people. Um, but by being um, kind and, and loving, good, and and with the idea of of trying to be perfect, it's that idea uh, of of perfectionism um, that is has seeped in in my life and and really tries to to rest satisfaction um and it it seems like it's coming from like a selfless higher place um certainly higher than than other intentions that i've had before like actually harming somebody or um or wanting to get back at somebody or or you know um wanting them to have less than I do. Um, so, I mean, this, this idea of, well, yeah, I just want everything to sort of look a certain way and, um, and be a certain 
away, my, my grades, my home, my, um, uh, uh, the, the way I appear in the world, my, my appearance, but all of it is still like this, this quest for, um, for perfectionism, which is what it's speaking to right here. And it's still me holding on to control. Um, I'm still trying to be a, a good girl and, and, it keeps me in this delusion that that if I manage well, I'll I'll get what I want. But that's me managing, and it completely edges God out. Um, so I had been doing a lot of prayer on um, having the willingness to let go of my perfectionism, feeling that I was not quite at step seven with it, but at step six with uh, with letting it go. And I'm I'm hearing that voice um, quite a bit more during the day. It, it happens so often. It's such a part of the background tape that hearing it uh, has been tricky. But but that awareness is coming, and that awareness is is the first step. Um, and I'm reminded that that awareness comes in God's time, not mine. Uh, you know, I'm wanting it now, now, now. Um, but that's just me managing as well um so instead i have gratitude today for for being on the line and um for hearing shares that that speak to similar situations and um for having time uh, awareness to hear it so that i can i can turn it over to my higher power and i hope everybody has an amazing day thanks and i pass Thank you, Ashley T. Ruth M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Marlene T. Hi, this is Ruth M. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Um, I just want to claim my seat. Um, This paragraph for me really um, sticks out a lot. Um, Ruth says, he becomes angry, indignant, and self-pitying, then this part, is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? And that's me, you know, and at this point in time, I'm doing my fourth step, and I'm really swallowing some truths about myself. And I'm grateful, first of all, I'm I'm extremely grateful to be... um, on this journey and to have the willingness to change um, and to work on myself using this program. Um, I, um, I am that one that um, where it says, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? And, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm really realizing through my fourth step the 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 um, intensity of my um, self-seeking behavior. Um, I this time out I'm really um, getting a lot out of of doing my fourth step, and what I'm I'm grateful because I'm. Um, I have a lot of acceptance, but I still have to continue to do this work. Um, I I expect um, 
you know, I didn't think that I was, that there was anything wrong with me because I was such a uh, um, people pleaser and a caretaker and always giving, giving, giving. But I did that out of self-seeking behavior. And I'm realizing um, what my self-seeking behavior is. Um, I swore that was not me, you know, always seeking validation from others. I was always trying to be a people pleaser and and accepted by everyone in every situation. So I'm I'm just grateful. I just want to clean my feet, and and I'm grateful that I'm abstinent, um, and that I'm I'm sticking with this program, and that I am pulling these things out of me and willing to change. And it it actually, you know, I'm realizing that it's more peaceful time um, in my life now that I'm working this program and I pass. Thank you, Ruth M. Marlene T., it's your turn. Thank you, Monica T. This is Marilyn T. Oops. And, uh, <laughs> from California. And um, so thankful for this reading, so thankful for the meeting, thankful to everyone. Um, you know, woke up in the middle of the night, um, you know, angry, discontent, and just anxious, and I am doing my fourth step, and so this was actually pretty fun in the respect of reading this, and fun, I say, because it's like, aha, here's what you are doing again, Um, trying to manage this whole thing, trying to get things to go your way. Um, I just got back from vacation, same thing um, with family, and um, found myself still doing it, even though you become aware of what you're doing, it's interesting how you still fall back on it. But, you know, it's like a muscle for me. I have to remember my part. I Did I do my prayers? Did I do my meditation? Am I trusting God? Am I, am I leaning in or am I leading out on my own devices? Um, what would God have me do? What should I have done in that case? Um, but not beating myself up for it, getting up when I wake up that way, starting with prayers and meditation, praying to God to be relieved of this, doing my part to the best of my ability, letting go of my perfection, uh, reaching out for help. Um, The gifts and the promises of this program, this way of doing a fourth step, this way of doing the 12th step, has and is changing my life. And I am forever grateful, and I will not stop. I will finish this. I will try to get it done to the best of my ability as directed, and I will accept the outcomes as they come and the changes as they come. And I've been promised that it will be a very big change, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Mary Lynn T. And for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 61, the first full paragraph that begins, What Usually Happens? And who else would like to share this morning? Eileen S. Sherry KB. 
Kathleen uh, O. <laughs> oh boy, I didn't get anybody. I got Eileen S. That's the only one I got. Fairy KB. Pretty R. Say it again, please. Sherry KB. R. All right, I got Sherry KB and somebody R. The person with the R, can you try once more, please? Hoodie R. Hoodie! Hi, Hoodie. My goodness. Rebecca T. Was that Rebecca T or Becky T? Rebecca T, yes. Rebecca. Wendy C. Wendy C. All right, let's go with that for now. This is what I've got. Eileen S., Sherry KB, Hoodie R, Rebecca T., and Wendy C. Eileen, it's your turn. Did you say to go for Eileen? Sorry. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I was un- I was unmuting. <laughs> okay. Good morning, everybody. My name is Eileen S., and I'm in Portland, Oregon, and very grateful to be here with all of you, and uh, just love, love, love reading the big book with everybody. Um, let's see. Well, I have a few notes in here, but my biggest thing in this whole paragraph that is so rich with truth um, is, is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? That spoke to me and continues to speak to me in such a big way. And it makes me think of the bedevilments where, you know, I, I couldn't control my emotional nature. And, and especially we were having trouble with personal relationships. And, you know, I can look like I'm behaving one way, but inside I'm exuding a certain kind of energy that I know and can see could create and does create confusion rather than harmony. Um, that, that's, I just want to put that sign up in my house. Am I creating confusion or am I creating harmony? And my goal is to create harmony. And that has not been something that has been a goal for me or even an awareness of those two possibilities. And um, I, I, I could barely say anything more <laughs> except that. And I really appreciated hearing that a couple of other people are um, working on the fourth step because I am as well. And um, I, I just want to remember this as I look through everything, as I look through, as I work on it, as I look at myself, uh, am I creating confusion or harmony? And I know that, oh, I had another note in my big book here. Is it really that people are unavailable, nasty, or whatever, or maybe they are reacting to the way I present myself in the world? And again, I can be really subtle. It's not, I heard somebody else say, you know, it's not big and huge and nasty, it, but it's confusing. And I sometimes notice it. And sometimes I, I, in the past, I just haven't wanted to look at that, haven't wanted to take responsibility for why I am creating or not creating relationships in a way that I would like them to be. And then just back to, you know, if he only manages well. And I just thought that was what you're supposed to do as opposed to, um, wow, can I trust God and have God guide me and show me the way to be? So um, just very grateful to be on the phone with everybody. And um, just a reminder that for today, I would like to be a producer of harmony rather than confusion. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Eileen S. Sherry KB, hey, it's your turn. And then it'll be Hoodie R. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. 
Thank you so much for your service, Monica. It's nice to hear you and everybody on the line. Um, and welcome, newcomers. So for me, reading this, um, I remember when I went through it, and I do it with the people I take through, is to read it in the I statements, because this is all about identifying in. This particular chapter on how it works is about step three and four. So this is all we're looking at this. So this is how I, I was taught to do it. Um, <clears throat> what usually happens is the show doesn't come off very well. I begin to think that life doesn't suit me, doesn't treat me right. I decide to exert myself more. I become on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit me. Admitting I may be somewhat at fault, I am sure that other people are more to blame. I become angry, indignant, and, self, and self-pitying. What is, what is my basic trouble? Is it not really, am I a seeker even when I'm trying to be kind? Um, am I not a victim of the delusion that I can wrest satisfaction and, and happiness out of this world if only I manage well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that that these things that I want and and do I not <coughs> sorry my cat <laughs> does not hit my my actions make each of each person wish to retaliate snatching all I can get out of the show am I not even at my best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony and. Um, so when I read it like that, I can definitely identify in. And to me, what this is telling me is that, Sherry, this is this is what goes on between your ears. This is what you've done. If you want to stop doing it, finish the rest of the steps. Finish 4 through 12 because this will change me. And that this is what I've eaten over. This is what I have um, tried to hide from myself, the delusion that I am like this. And there's so many things in here that I can relate to, um, and that yeah, I'm I'm definitely the queen of blame. I I always think it's somebody else's fault, and that I didn't have anything to do with it. But when I read all this, the common denominator in here is me. And so if I want to get unblocked and um, let my higher power remove these defects of character, I need to do this stuff work, and I can't do it without my higher power. <clears throat> and um, only God can remove these things from me. I cannot. And when I'm trying to run the Sherry Show, this is exactly how I've been. And I also know that I'm addicted to ease and comfort. And the reason why I'm trying to get everybody to do what I want is because I'm uncomfortable. It's not about them being uncomfortable. It's more about me being uncomfortable. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Hoodie R. You're up. And then it'll be Rebecca T. Hi, Monica. This is Hoodie R, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and thank you so much for your service. And the, per- the speaker before me did take a lot out what I was going to say, share, so we'll see what I could, what, what I could say. Because um, I, too, um, you know, came to that identification. Um, this, this paragraph really meant a lot to me. Um, when, I, when, I, when I, too, put that into the first, the first um, you know, um, put in the I statement, you know, what is my basic trouble? Am I not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Am I not a victim of the delusion, of the insanity that I can rest satisfaction happens out of this world if I only manage well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things, to all the rest of the people in my life, that these are the things that I want and do not 
My actions make each of them wish to retaliate against me, snatching all they can get out of the show. Is, am I not even in his best moments a producer of confusion and dishonest disharmony rather than harmony, with, which could be serenity? And, um, you know, I had to take a I took in my fourth, in my fourth through nine, I was really awoken up to, you know, the way people, I, I always thought everyone was treating me not not the way I wanted them to be. I wanted them to treat me better, treat them with whatever. And you know what? They were just retaliating against me. I was, I, I was that actor running the show, wanting everyone to do what I wanted them to do. And when they did, oh, it was their fault. Or it didn't come out well, oh, so... You know, if only they did something different. I wanted everyone to do what I wanted to do. I controlled, I controlled people, circumstances. Um, I withdrew. I, um, I, um, I, I, I was not a useful member of society. I was to myself, full of, full of blame and blaming other people. That if only life would be different. If only I had different parents. If only I had different, um, um, uh, different husbands, different children anything, you know, life would be different. Um, if only things would go my way, I would be happy. And, um, you know, and I would and I would push and push and push until I came to that point of utter surrender. I was convinced that any life run on self-will would hardly be a um, success. And I was taken to page 19, AA 12 and 12, and I love it. It's a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed no matter what the cause, there is something wrong wrong with me. And um, I, am, I, am, I am the person that, um, and the only thing that has to be changed, you know, nothing has to be changed. There's only one thing that has to be changed with me, and that's everything. And um, as I worked the steps, and I went through with a, with a guide and other Hi. recovered fellows, thank you, um, joy and serenity, came into my life, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie R. Rebecca T., it's your turn, and then it'll be Wendy C. Hey, everyone, it's Rebecca T., Central California. Um, so awesome to hear my fellows. Um, I I mean, definitely this, this paragraph um, was the uh, center um, of my disease and and what kept it thriving. Um, and only until I could step into recovery and really look at my side of the street um, could I start seeking, uh, seeing clear and having um, some serenity. And um, I am also working on four slash five, and it's um, been a really interesting journey. And I had a situation the other day where um, my mom had sent out a text, and um, it was very... Um, I don't know, she was extremely disappointed that, um, I don't know, I hadn't looked at something with her. And anyway, the the text, again, it was just a text. This is not in person. My mom does not live in the same state I do. And um, I was, and uh, the text was pretty much uh, kind of victim-y, self-pity, throwing out kind of blaming comments. Um, And I just, I became frozen in fear. And I thought, I was just, I was just frozen. And again, I wasn't just, I wasn't seeing her in person. This was all in text. And 
And then uh, it was in my mind, and it was eating me up as if something terrible was going to happen to me. Um, and how would I respond? And, you know, where was this going to go? And anyway, I quickly got into um, uh, the fourth step, and I looked at my side, and I did a, a fear inventory, and I worked it through, and I realized, I thought to myself, I, I did the, you know, sick prayer. You know, this person is sick like I am sick. And then it helped me remember, and I and I thought about this paragraph, and I had said I was becoming angry as well, indignant, and had self-pity for myself. Um, so I, I was allowed to look at myself, look at my side of the street, and get out of this self-pity and anger and how, you know, dare she act this way and how, you know, whatever, whatever, all these, these thoughts that I had, um, because I myself was now acting similar to her in terms of um, acting like a victim. And I was able to see her just as sick, like I have been sick at times, like I have treated people poorly, like I have exerted my own free will um, on others and what I expected them to be. That's actually how she was acting towards me. And um, I was able to separate that fear just turned into, um, I don't know, just tenderness and awareness. And I, I didn't take it personal. And then I just prayed to allow for me to say the right thing in response. And, you know, it, I, I had a good outcome from that. And I didn't have to allow fear to freeze me for the rest of the week. Um, so that's the amazing thing about this program. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca T. Wendy C., it's your turn. Hi, this is Wendy C. from Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you. Um, I'm a little nervous sharing, sorry. Um, just the outcomes. I've always been trying to get harmonious outcomes, what I think was best for everyone. everyone. Um, and I just see um, now um, I'm, I'm, do, I'm on step seven, so um, starting soon to eight. And I just see how when I try to do that, it's, um, I'm always in collision with something or somebody, um, especially those closest to me, like trying to get my son to get certain grades or make sure he, you know, does what I think he should do to be a success or same thing, you know, with, with my friends and, 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 and family members. And I just, these days, um, I'm letting go of the outcomes and just trying to do with the the footwork, um, and and that's all I have to say. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy C. And we've got time for two, maybe three shares. Who else would like to share this? Gina morning? R. Gina Was R. that Gina R? Yes. Okay, Gina R. Who else? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Eileen Anybody M. Else? Say that again, please. Eileen M. Eileen. Okay, all right. Gina R., it's your turn. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much, Monica. And this is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. And yes, I too would like to add my welcome to any newcomer who um, finds themselves um, in the director chair 
this morning, wondering how in the world do I get out of it. For me, this um, passage really boils down to um, what a person who helped me uh, navigate getting back into the 12-step rooms um, told me. And she just looked at me point blank and she said, Gina, if you are not the problem, there is no solution. And at first, I was very defensive hearing that. I did not want to think that I was a problem. I was trying to help everybody else with their problems. I did not see myself as a problem. Um, I'm hearing people whispering. I'm not sure what that is. Um, until I was able to put the food down, unblock the channel that was interfering with my connection with my higher power, I was not able to see that I was the problem. Uh, somebody last week used the, the image of um, using the Windex on the dirty window pane. And that's what happened for me as well. I could sort of see through the glass and I had a feeling of what things could or should be. But until my junk was stripped away in that fourth step and then the resulting fifth and later steps, I had no idea. And I didn't have the um, emotional capacity to even understand that I am the problem. That doesn't mean that I myself am a problem. It's my thinking that's the problem. So any situation now when it comes up, I'm able to just say, all right, this sense or feeling or emotion is something that is here to teach me. I get to have a new level of awareness about whatever it is. And I get to be the person who, I, I don't know, take the higher road or whatever, but I don't have to demand that other people see my way or that I have to convince them that they're wrong so that I can feel better. So anyway, this just boils down for me. If I'm not the problem, there is no solution. Until I see that my thinking is what's getting me into trouble, there is going to be no solution. Thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. And I am so sorry to Kathleen O. and Eileen M. I forgot that you all stop a little quicker on this particular meeting. So with that, I'm going to say thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. And Kathy J.P., Joe P., can you uh, read that for us, please? Kathy Jow, can you read page 164 for us, please? All right. Kathleen O., can you do that for us, please? Sure. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. 
clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.